Hi, I'm Paul Amos. Welcome to the Redeemed Man Podcast. Our goal is to empower men to understand redemption in Christ and to live in freedom and wholeness. Let's dig in. Good evening. I'm Paul Amos, founder of The Redeemed. The Redeemed is an organization of men and a community built together so that we can discuss both life's difficulties as well as the triumphs over those difficulties. Today, we're very honored to have Tierce Green come on as a guest on our show, and please welcome him. Thank you, Tierce, for joining us. My pleasure. Good to be with you guys. Well, I'm going to start out asking you the same question I ask all of our guests, being the redeemed ourselves. What does redemption mean to you? Man, it, it means that what was broken is now fixed. Uh, the mess that I made, uh, I could not uh, repair. Uh, but God loved me in spite of my brokenness and my sin. And uh, he paid the price that I couldn't pay. And by the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, I've been redeemed. And he gives he calls me his, 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 uh, his child, not because I've earned it or deserved it, but uh, because he redeemed me. You know, it's so funny. When I first started this ministry, one of the things that came to me and the name of the redeemed came through Isaiah and the realization that God paved this path for us before we even mm. asked for it. That to know that we are redeemed ahead of his ahead of our own leaning toward God is truly an amazing thing, especially when you consider, just like you said, I've done my fair share of screwing up in this life and I'm trying my best to to make the second half unlike the first half. That's right. That's that's uh, my goal too. And I'm we're still works in progress, right? <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Well, if you wouldn't mind, I, I love to ask our guests to just tell a little bit of their story, and maybe you can tell us a, a little bit about how you've come to this place and what it means to you to be now the leader of authentic manhood. Uh, yeah, so let me go back to my uh, uh, my whole experience growing up. I, I grew up in church, but it was just church experience. Uh, I, I went through the religious motions of getting baptized because it was the thing to do. But it wasn't until I was a young man, I was 19, I'd finished a freshman year of college, uh, and it was a pretty dark time in my life. But in a summer job in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, God crossed my path with some true believers. Uh, they weren't perfect because none of us are, but I saw in them uh, the real Jesus, and it was compelling, it was irresistible. And so I put my faith in Jesus that summer. So God put me on a new pathway. Uh, and, and so I knew that, uh, that there was a lot of work that needed to be done in my life. I knew I was saved by his grace, but uh, I, I just began to, you know, cooperate and say, God, what next? Uh, through my college years, I had a lot of opportunities to speak on weekends uh, for churches and different events. Uh, and God began to expand that uh, through college. I spent a short time as a student pastor in Greenville, South Carolina. But then in 1980, I moved out here to Texas. Uh, uh, at the time, it was the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I moved there because the DFW airport could get me anywhere in the world, you know, typically direct. Sure. And, and I just kind of waited for the phone to ring. And so uh, in those early days, I'm an old rock and roller, and I was writing a lot of uh, worship songs, and I would lead a lot of worship and speak a little bit. But as time went on, it began to be more speaking and, you know, less, less uh, worship leading. Now my guitar kind of hangs on the wall. I use it for friends and family, but I began to write some content and uh, it, it began to be primarily focused on men because, uh, I mean, I was still processing my manhood 
And I was uh, impacted by something that Robert Lewis uh, created in Little Rock, Arkansas, called Men's Fraternity. That was the name of a gathering they were doing, a weekly gathering. And they were having a thousand men show up at 615 in the morning and going through this thing called the quest for authentic manhood. And so I began to, to listen to that and be impacted by that. I began to lead guys through that. And, uh, and then I was uh, through one of my speaking events. I was down here in South Texas where I live now in the Woodlands, Texas. And uh, they asked me to join their staff. And God surprised me. I wasn't looking for a job change, but they said, you know, we need you for this role, but we could really use some help with the men. And so I said, well, tell me what y'all are doing. And they had a Bible study with about 100 guys. Now, 100 guys is great, but this was a church that had 10,000 plus people attending on the weekend. So 100 wow. guys was 100 guys was a drop in the bucket. And so I said, well, what can I do? They said, you can do anything you want to if it works. And I said, well, I've been impacted by this thing called men's fraternity. Could I teach that? And they said, sure, go ahead. It's, it's yours. Here are the keys. And so we, we promoted that we were going to do this thing called the quest. That was the name for our gathering. And we were going to uh, study biblical principles of manhood. And uh, not only we're going to study them, we're going to show you how to apply them today in this century in South Texas. <laughs> 750 guys showed up. You know, wow. and, and then the next the next season, a thousand men. And so it was just blowing me away about how many men were just hungry to know what does God have to say about being the men we were designed to be, but not just filling their heads with it, but connecting the dots between the principles on the page to, you know, their life as husbands, as fathers, as sons, as, you know, as 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 brothers. And so uh, that impacted me personally as we got into that. I'm teaching Robert's material. And then I just began to write some stuff for our guys and, uh, that other people are using around the world. In. Well, that's fascinating. Thanks in the beginning of that, talking about going through a dark time. Because for so many of the people that are on our podcast and listening to this, they didn't necessarily start out with at 19 years old, going down the right path and having that, but knowing that even someone like you, who's been as successful as you've been and done the great things that you've done, went through a difficult time, I think speaks to the heart of some of the people who are listening in on this show, speaks to my heart. Uh, and I'm very thankful for you talking through that. Uh, sounds like a fascinating opportunity to move to the woodlands and to uh, open up and really had the opportunity to teach men's fraternity. How has men's fraternity evolved into the authentic man? Yeah. So uh, there were men all around the world using Robert's original content. Uh, and uh, he created it for his men in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, he's a great teacher and he would, he would teach for 50 minutes, you know? And, and so there was a time when guys would sit, man, they would, they would really be drawn to that, but culture shifts real quickly. And so it's hard to get even a, a church guy to want to come and sit for a 50 minute talk and to do it 24 weeks in a row. And so time is such a premium. And so uh, we, uh, you know, myself and a bunch of other guys around the country and other parts of the world huddled up in Little Rock, kind of a think tank. And we said, you know, these principles that Robert created are awesome. We, how can we repackage them? How can we reformat them? and even add some new content for men today. And so uh, from that meeting, uh, we, we thought, well, let's do instead of, you know, these long sessions or these long uh, series and long sessions, let's break it into to, to six volumes. 
And, uh, and then each, each uh, volume is going to have just six sessions. And each session is only going to be no more than 30 minutes. And rather than having one guy teach it, let's have three guys from different seasons of life. And so I became one of those three guys. Uh, John Bryson is, uh, was a guy who at the time was in his uh, 40s, I think, and he was uh, a pastor of an urban church in Memphis. Brian Carter at the time was in his 30s. He's pastor of a church in Dallas. And uh, I was in my 50s. I was the I played the role of the seasoned white guy from the suburbs. You know? <laughs> and so it, it was a collaborative effort. You know, uh, we're we're helping create the content. A lot of guys behind the scenes are creating it. And so we, we, we produced this series, six volumes, six sessions each, you know, each session, only about 30 uh, minutes and their, their videos. And we said, man, here's the tools. And it's gone around the world. We've reached, man, I, I was corrected. I thought it was a million men, but I'm terrible with numbers. And my, my uh, friend who works uh, in the main office says, no, it's actually three million men that have been wow. impacted by this content. Uh, now, Paul, I, that's amazing. And I love that. And we can say that's hugely successful. But I realized in America alone, there are over 100 million men. So we're not even scratching the surface. We got a long way to go. Well, it, I admire the fact that you have both gotten to 3 million people and also have the wherewithal to say that you want to get to 100 million men. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the principles at the core of what you're teaching. Yeah. Um, so we, we realized that one of the things that all men need, I, I mean, my man, we need to know what's the target. You know, what's a clear, compelling vision of manhood? What, what does God have in mind when he says, you know, be men? Uh, a lot of guys are aiming at the wrong target, you know, and they might get to the end of their life and had a very successful career, but they realized they were, they were shooting at the wrong target. Some guys uh, have no target, man. They're just kind of drifting. And you know, as I know, if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. So that's that's the experience of a lot of guys. So one of the primary things we attempt to do in 30 through the series is, is especially this one. This is volume one, A Man and His Design. The centerpiece of this and really the thread that runs through each volume is the definition of biblical manhood. And so we take Jesus, you know, uh, and we take Adam, the first man, Adam in the garden. And, and uh, in, in scriptures, it, he's called the first Adam. And uh, Paul calls, uh, the apostle Paul calls Jesus the second Adam. It talks about how the first Adam was merely human. He was just flesh. But the second Adam was a life-giving spirit. So we take these two Adams and we press them together. And out falls this beautiful, clear definition of biblical manhood. And we see that there are four parts. Reject passivity. Accept responsibility lead courageously, and invest eternally. As you look at the life of Jesus, you can see all four of these things. As you look at the life of Adam, you see how he miserably failed in each one of these things. He was totally passive. He's given this woman to love and lead when the devil is tempting her. He's not off hunting and gathering or, you know, or uh, fishing. Uh, he's, he's standing right there with her, scripture says, and just watching this whole thing go down. He's, he's just standing there totally passive. Uh, when when they sin and they're feeling guilty, uh, they're trying to hide from God and God calls him out. He says, Adam, did you eat of the fruit I told you not to? Instead of accepting responsibility, <laughs> you know what he does? He blames Eve, that woman you gave. You know, sure. so he's, 
He, he, he's not rejecting passivity. He's not accepting responsibility. He's not leading courageously. And really, he's really just living for the moment. You know, the true, the, the fruit God told him not to eat of looked good for food. And they thought, man, God's holding out on us. Let's grab some of that. But when you look at Jesus, you see that he, rather than, you know, staying up in the comfort of heaven, he rejected passivity. He, he initiated, he engaged, he he, he put on skin, became one, you know, uh, a man. Uh, he, he accepted responsibility. He led courageously. His whole mission was about uh, building the kingdom of God. And so that, that definition of manhood is the centerpiece. And if you look at it, you can apply it to everything we do as men, as businessmen, as husbands, as fathers, through every season of life. That's fascinating. What four <laughs> great principles. And uh, I assume that through your teaching, you're able to get men from the place of brokenness into a place of wholeness that allows you to really live by those four principles. Yeah, uh, that, that's the deal. Uh, one of the challenges that we see is, you know, as guys, we're, we're kind of action figures. And one of the mistakes we can make is to take these things and so, okay, I'm going to do these four things. And, and that's noble and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's a lot that we teach and in uh, a 33, the series that you can learn from, you can apply and your life will be better. But one of the big things we say is this is not about behavior modification. Definitely. If we could fix our own life by modifying our behavior, Jesus never would have had to die. So this isn't about behavior modification. It's about transformation. It's an inside job. Okay. And so only because God has initiated and redeemed us and he's working to change us from the inside out. Can, can, do we even have a chance of doing any of these four things? And, and so, but, but we look at that as like, okay, this is the model. This is our goal. And God, we, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you make this true of me. Wow. Well, that, that, that is, that's powerful. And I appreciate <laughs> you sharing what the 33 is trying to accomplish. How long does the 33 take? Is, is that the 36 weeks and the 36 lessons? Yeah. Uh, one of the things I learned in, uh, in teaching all of those, those men that were gathering uh, is too often we, um, we, we kind of undermine our goal and we keep men busy filling their head with knowledge, but we don't create space for them to process it and put it into practice. And so rather than powering through 36 sessions of 33, uh, oh, and by the way, I, some guys are going 33. What, why don't you even call it that? Well, 33 is a journey to authentic manhood as modeled by Jesus in his 33 years on earth. Okay. So that, that's why we call it 33. But the goal is not to, to power through all six volumes of 33. You, that's content overload. Uh, so what we try to do is say, hey, look, you know, uh, in America, especially pick the sweet spot in your schedule. In the fall, that's typically six weeks sometime before Thanksgiving hits and, and start it and finish it before the holidays start. And then take some time off and, and encourage guys to keep meeting, you know, with, with their training guide and their places in the training guide to write strategic moves. In the back of each training guide is, is a place to synthesize your action plan. Mm -hmm. And then we say, okay, so you take what you just learned and have coffee or breakfast or barbecue with some men and process your action plan. And so um, I, I just learned a principle we call huddle up and run the play. So let's huddle up for six weeks. Give me six. 
And then let's run the play. Take some time off to run the play. And then let's huddle up again for another six. Ideally, if you can do six volumes of 33 in uh, three years, that would be, you know, one volume in the fall, one volume in the spring with space around it to process and run the play. That to me, that's the best application of this, uh, this tool. I love that phrase of, you know, huddling up and then running the play. I think that is a very simple analogy as a former football player, I guess, and a lover of college football and pro football. I guess I'm, you know, in love with something like that. Uh, But I think that's a very beautiful analogy and it really does make sense. Three years is a long time. Uh, And so it's it's a long journey for people to go on. But I think if you really think about the commitment to being an authentic man, uh, it takes a, a journey. It is not a simple and quick fix. Yeah. You know, one of the things we challenge guys to do is we, we teach them how to run the play. And one of the best things they can do, not only to uh, invest eternally in the lives of other men, but but to really go deeper in their own experience and lead courageously. One of the best things they can do is to take some training guys, get the videos and lead some of their buddies through it on their patio or in their boardroom or at their coffee shop or cigar shop or wherever. Because, you know, as I know, whenever I accept responsibility and step into a leadership role, man, it, it, it helps me because I study harder. I pray harder. I dig in deeper because I'm responsible for these men. And so one of the disconnects is guys who sit in a room, fill in blanks in their training guide and never step up and apply it. So we, we, we try to say, hey, during the break, why don't you take four or five of your friends through what you just went through in these six volumes? And uh, you be the designated driver. You be in the driver's seat. And uh, you help them walk through these things. So you're paying it forward in many ways. Man, absolutely. That's always the goal. Whether it's 33, the series, or you, you name it, man, just – just the Bible itself, you know, you're always thinking, how can I use this, not just for personal edification, but how can I use this to really help others? Speaking of others, tell me a little bit about the impact you see on families, children, Mm -hmm. wives. Uh, And I know that, you know, through some new content that you're putting out there, which I'd love for you to get into at some point, uh, you're speaking not only to men, but now starting to speak to women as well. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, Back when we first started teaching biblical manhood at this uh, this huge church, uh, I had a great leadership team. And so we came up with our strategy and I said, OK, guys, how are we going to measure success? And, and these were some, you know, uh, so some really high energy guys and they had goals and they, they started listening, listing, you know, the number of men they wanted to see. And I said, well, I'd like to see a bunch of guys come to this, too. But it's got to be bigger than how many butts are in the seats. And uh, they said, well, what are you looking for? And I said, well, after we've done this for a while, after it's kind of gotten into our culture, I want to hear from the women. I want to hear from the wives. And I want to see, uh, I want to see men stepping up and filling roles in our church that, that need a male influence. And so uh, I want to see more men taking their entrepreneurial skills and stepping into ministries that our church is doing, because we were really big on local and global missions. And so as time went on, and Paul, I couldn't walk across the atrium on any given Sunday without some woman flagging me down. And she'd always give a disclaimer. She'd say, hey, Pastor Tears. Now, I'm not saying that my husband was a bad man before y'all started doing this. <laughs> but, but since y'all been doing this, oh, 
man, it's like, I got a, I got a brand new, new husband. And they start telling me how he's leading his family and, you know, not, not just, uh, not just working hard to put a roof over the head, but leading them spiritually. And then I remember one year, our children's pastor ran up to me and said, look at this list of volunteers for this year. Look at all the men on it. And I began to go down the list and I saw that guy was with us. That guy was in quest. That guy was in quest. And then for our local and our global missions, uh, you could see names of men who had been with us in the room studying biblical manhood, who were now stepping up and using the skills and resources God had given them to, to impact others. And so the, the, the metrics were there. I could give you a measurable difference of how it was impacting families and our church and our, our community. Uh, the, 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 the thing I'd always hear from uh, women was, man, have you got anything like that for us? And I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm a men's guy. I don't really know how to write for women. And then I, I thought, well, you know what? That's not true. I do. Because these are biblical principles. They're not just, you know, gender, uh, one gender. It's for all of us. And so uh, uh, I started just kind of expanding it. And so just this year, I thought, well, let's write something that, uh, you know, not only men can use, but the church as a whole can use. And so um, uh, the first series, I've got a list of about 10 new series that I'm writing. The first one is called Essentials for Life. Uh, And one of the things we discovered through 33 is we'd have a lot of guys who would come and they were new to following Jesus or they were new to the call of being a disciple. And so essentials for life really gives you the skills to, you know, how to grow in your faith, how to pray, how to build God's word into your life, the benefits of community and developing a life of generosity, uh, how to influence others and share your faith and being a living sacrifice. And the cool thing is, man, it's totally free. And it's, it's it's on this app. And it's called Good Feed Media right there. I don't know if you can see this, Good Feed Media. And uh, you download that on any of the app stores. And, and there's the media series. And then there is Essentials right there. And then there are the eight uh, sessions. And then you click on that. And then there's a video that's free. And then it's even got a digital outline uh, for you. And you can access, access this and share it with people around the world. And uh, no obligation to pay anything. It's an opportunity to pay it forward, but no obligation. Well, that's wonderful. It's nothing like having it right at the palm of your hand and the ability to do it on the go. I mean, ever since COVID, we've really seen that the way we Uh, consume media has transformed. It seems like you all are trying to follow in the footsteps of moving moving ahead in, in providing a digital mm-hmm. format in a way that people can consume media so that they're growing spiritually, uh, but doing it in the way that fits with the modern man. A- absolutely. Those are the tools that we have uh, available to us to get the gospel around the world. And, uh, I, you know, the way I write and the way I speak, I, men will easily connect with it. But uh, there's some women that are actually using essentials in their workplace. And they're, they're taking, you know, their associates uh, through essentials. Uh, and then there's a prison team that's taking it into one of our prisons here in, in Texas. And so we just started with it. I'm excited about that. And then all the new ones that are uh, that we're going to be releasing. Well, Tears, before we call it a close, I'd like to ask if there's any practical wisdom you'd love to give to our listeners. It's kind of like any key takeaways that really stand for you, that you stand for uh, and that you want to give to our people. Mm, yeah, a, a couple of things. And uh, the first one. 
really emerged from uh, one of the sessions that we did uh, when we were creating 33. And, and it's really about if you really understand God's grace, really understand God's grace, that there's no sin too big for God to uh, forgive. I mean, the Bible calls it a super abundant grace where sin increased. Scripture says grace increased all the more. And so God's grace is shockproof. You know, uh, you, you, it may our sin may shock our friends and family, but it doesn't shock God. His grace is, he's got enough grace to cover. And if we really understand grace, when we sin, we don't do what Adam did and try to run and hide and cover ourselves. If we understand grace, when we sin, man, we run to God. And, and because that's the only way we can get clean. And it really, man, it amps up our worship because we, we fully understand what it means to be redeemed. It was all God's grace. So that's, that's the first thing is, is understand God's grace. So when you mess up, you don't have to hide until you clean up for God to like you again. You know, you run to God. And, and, and then when you really understand that, I, I promise you're going to begin to sin less because you understand how serious sin is and what God had to do, you know, to forgive us of our sins. So you'll see a measurable difference. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is this. Uh, so I'm in the winter season of my life, and I am still uh, I'm still learning what it means to be a man. And so, just remember, as long as you have breath in your body, school is still in session, and we are always always learning and growing. Even the Apostle Paul, man, I mean, he's like one of the giants in, in spiritual leadership. Uh, but all that he learned, all that he experienced toward the end of his life in ministry, rather than saying you know, guys, I think I got this thing figured out. <laughs> he said, I am the chief of sinners. And so the, the longer we follow Jesus and the closer we get to God, we realize, man, school is still in session and it humbles us and we're actually more teachable. So stay teachable, stay, stay in school. <laughs> well, Tears, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule to be here with us on the show. Uh, our audience would love to thank Tierce and let us know that we have a third Thursday of every month. We launch a podcast and this is an opportunity for you to hear from some of the great speakers around the country. Uh, we thank you so much for your time this evening. We thank you for following us on social media as well as on our website. Uh, please go there for more and additional information. God bless and Godspeed. Thank you for listening to the Redeem Man podcast. Make sure you regularly check our website, theredeem.com, for information on when we'll drop the next episode. You'll also find articles, discussion sets, and inspiration for your daily life. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you're interested in being a guest for The Redeemed, we encourage you to contact us via our website to share your story. Whether this is the first time you're tuning into The Redeemed or you're a regular listener, we're here for you if you're in crisis, and we'll do the best we can to connect you with people and resources who can help. Remember, no matter how bad things might seem, you are not alone. God bless and Godspeed.